And he's all, you know, Jenny says, turn off the lights. And it was a blackout. And so I black out and my console crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out Party Like a Rockstar podcast. I'm your host, Joel Miller. Today's episode is brought to you by Misha's Kind Foods. They're an LA-based small business making the world's finest non-dairy cheese spreads on the market today. They're delicious and healthy, made from a cashew and almond milk, and blended with various locally sourced fresh herbs, vegetables, and spices. There's no vegetable oils, soy, fillers, starches, or nutritional yeast. It's lactose-free, paleo, keto, kosher perev, and 100% vegan. Enjoy the show. All right, let's get going. Killian Holt, a.k.a. Tiberius Redbeard, is a visual artist and a lighting designer. He's worked for Cashmere Cat, Suicide Boys, Snake Hips, Jai Wolf, Jaws, Butcher Babies, Tetrarch, and for Electric Zoo. I was honestly going to ignore all that shit other than butcher babies, which I'll get to in a fucking bit. I think the reason's obvious, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> Cosmo and Sarah is an art director, lighting designer, and an audio engineer. He's worked on the Warp Tour and program synthesizers for Incubus and Deftones. He now designs and installs esports arenas, lighting, and sound packages across America and the world. This part is from him. <laughs> the guy yesterday actually sent me his Twitter profile <laughs> as his bio. <laughs> but anyway, here's Cosmo's <laughs> little bit here. Is there anything he can't do? Probably shut up. That's the only thing he can't do is shut up. Fuck that dude. He never shuts up. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> better talk a lot cosmo <laughs> you better be in the face man otherwise we're gonna call you a liar <laughs> this fucking guy this fucking guy, guy. Right this fucking guy. <laughs> so butcher babies <laughs> yeah. is it hard to concentrate while you're doing whatever the fuck you do i i did have a little look seeing good god <laughs> uh not is uh they're actually super they were a pretty chill um group to work with they were actually pretty much my first like full-time road gig um and uh it was mostly friends that had been on that crew that had brought me into that um that brought me into that contract um the 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 obvious is there you know um but uh no, they weren't too difficult to work with or anything like that. They were all super fun to be with on the bus. And, um, you know, they're, I still pop in and say hi every now and then whenever I drop through LA. Do they like redheads? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. There's nothing to do. I'm in a happy relationship. Good God. <laughs> No, they were pretty happy. Uh, it actually depends cool. how interested they are. Maybe sort of happy. I mean, not that happy. Whatever. Fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> no, all right. Know. Anyway, all right. We'll move on because otherwise, I'm. Just, I mean, no. There's just... uh, there's obvious distract. There's obvious distractions with any show, really. But the professionals yeah. that we are, uh, I mean, this is something I try to stress to people in any kind of environment. Do you Man, not tell seen, me you're some highbrow professional. But we've no, but we yeah, no, no, not for a minute. But we have seen it all. <laughs> I've seen it all in the wings. I mean, we've seen it all. There's almost nothing yeah. that's going to scare you know. 
I mean, from feces to, you know, boobies, uh, you know, it runs the gamut. Uh, there's nothing that we really haven't seen. It was uh, Jennifer Lopez showed up at a show, right? And I'm like, I just don't think she's that hot. And everybody on the crew is like, oh, shut the fuck up. I'm like, no, dude, I'm just saying if we're going to play like pie in the sky crap. I mean, she's, yeah. she's a gorgeous woman, but I mean, but for me, no. when Jewel showed up, they're like, oh, you're like, you're, you're like, you're crazy over Jewel. I'm like, Jules, babe, <laughs> <laughs> they're like in Jennifer Lopez. Eh. <laughs> pass, hard yeah, pass, yeah. hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. On the uh, on the current tour, we've we've been saving all of the uh, the bras to get tossed on stage. We've been saving the good ones and putting them on our dimmer sled. <laughs> nice. So we've got uh, this dimmer sled that's been. Was there like there's dumped. like a half of one bra? That's like the good ones. <laughs> oh man, it's been dumped <laughs> the booby trap, and now there's about fifty bras on it. About uh, just about twenty shows in. Damn! <laughs> what satisfies is... you said the good ones well what are the, what are the good ones <laughs> oh man there's some of them that like are you like victorious like, right messages on there's one of them that has you know like fuck me written on the tits there's one that's got a whole message inside the cups um there's Those are good some ones. pretty some of these girls are throwing like some pretty nice bras on stage. They're not just throwing like the Walmart crap. It's like those Victoria's Secret like $60, $80 bras. All right. So <laughs> since we're talking about underwear. <laughs> so my chick, she got these, uh, what is it called? Corset, right? This corset she got for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And have you guys ever noticed how shitty women's zippers are on their fucking clothes? They're pieces of garbage, dude. You're, can you zip this up for me? And I'm not gonna have like basketball hands, you know. I got like it's, regular roadie hands. Yeah, you can't get the fucking little zipper up. How come they make these little shitty zippers on chick clothes? Because girls' clothes are more expensive than dude clothes. Yeah. And with hands like that, you're gonna rip it off. You know that's what you're gonna just. I'm totally like, afraid I'm gonna rip the fucking metal zipper off. And, and they're usually like, trying to. <laughs> they're usually trying to get pretty tight in there, you know. Those little uh, zippers are. Meeting their now, mash as much no, as they can. No, what is she for Halloween? You're saying she's got the, the thing. Is she just a sexy that is fire, none fireman? Of fucking business. <laughs> oh, back to your corner, Rody. I'm, I'm trying to think what I'm going to be now. I don't know. Uh, she's a uh, <laughs> fuck. What's it called? Uh, like it's like a big bird with like dog heads on the side. It's like a, a mythical creature thing. Cerebus, the, the I don't know. That's all right. No. Something like that. Yeah. Like I think they have one in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> she's all, what are you? She's all, how do I look? I'm like, you look like an angry pigeon. It's <laughs> like, I do not look like an angry pigeon. What? That's how she talks. With the extra to dog heads. <laughs> I'm not a pigeon. You bring up a good a good topic though. Halloween's on its way. And you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, you're gonna be on tour for Halloween. I don't know, we're gonna have a party here at the office, whatever, but Crew uh, dressing up for Halloween traditionally, Cassie Gilligan's Island. Let's go with the acceptable uh, crew. Uh, that would crew be good. costumes. Cassie Gilligan's Island, cast of, uh, of so How I Met Your Mother. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, but like a s- acceptable crew Halloween costume, because truthfully, and you're in backstage, no one's going to know you're dressed up for Halloween if you're just wearing, you know, a costume. I, I mean, we've seen it all. I would expect Big Bird and, you yeah. know, and Bert and Ernie backstage. Uh, no problem. Yeah. I'm not. How do we differentiate ourselves during Halloween time when we live in a world of show? On and- uh, STP, they all dressed in drag. 
That's perfect. That's excellent. Yeah. And then I wore I an STD uh... bitch shirt. It was like this like tank top. And uh, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I like a bit of role reversal for for Halloween. I mean, just dressing up for the, you know, the, as the blood, uh, Chili Peppers from the Blood Sex Magic, uh, you know, album shoot, yeah. right? That's a good one, too. That would be a great one. I don't yeah. know if I'd be any good at touching dimmers while I've got the while I'm not grounded. No, I, I did yeah. a uh, I did a Halloween show one time in one of those like eight foot tall inflatable T Rex costumes. <laughs> um, no, you did it's not. not. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got like this little window. Did you have a backup like, just in case the costume big. was bad? Huh? Did you have a backup dinosaur just in case there was a problem? Like fly no, the next I dinosaur costume. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but you're playing on the seat of your pants. All right, I interrupted. I still you, got it, man. No and way. Thing, I, I've seen like a picture of you. Yeah, yeah. It's got like I've a little a... window in the neck, like about here, man. So like trying to see, you couldn't see your hands to see the desk. So the whole time I'm just kind of sitting there, like fucking, um, you know, uh, Ray Charles in it, just head <laughs> up and just hoping I'm finding the buttons right. Is this Look, right? There? It's a picture of you at front of house at White Oak. Is that correct? That's where you're at. Is that right? Um, or so wherever you were. Couple things, I've done a couple things at White Oak. This one was, <laughs> I think, at like Satellite Bar or something. So I was actually side stage. Um, but like clearly in plain view, just like right next to this little Whose idea? Was it your idea or the band's idea? Uh, I think it was maybe my idea. I know <laughs> it was a band's idea at one point when I bought it. Um, but I've gotten some use out of that thing like a good bit of use. We've made some videos with it, um, you know, done some some artsy shit and then just some general just showing up to shows in it because. <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, no, I've got DMX time right now, 512 on the dot. DMX time right now here. Oh, well, I'm central. You you guys are in Eastern, but. Uh, All right, but well, no. I got other hard hitting questions. So have you guys noticed that twins, so like twin little kids, the moms are always hot. Oh, true. True story. Facts. Holy Those are facts. I think it's yeah. an absolute fact. Science. Think- like Harvard Law. <laughs> Science. Science. It requ- requires a very strong egg to do this. Something. Solid. I know. They're always, they're like good looking moms. <laughs> I've never, you know, like, I've never like made the connection before, but I'm like thinking back to like all the twins that I know and like hot mom. how hot their moms are. Um. <laughs> maybe the reason is is it's like some guy has to take care of two kids so when he looks over at the hot mom he's like totally worth it <laughs> maybe twins twins is twins is a tough one i mean you see the picture of the guy passing out when he saw his twins i mean no one's it's, it's two of everything it's not that's not easy <laughs> Yeah. The guy passed out. What? Really? No, there's like a there's like that picture of 1952. The women lead the guy to the to the infirmary. They didn't have any kind of way to see the children in the stomach. And then of course he's having twins. He had no idea till the day they came out. Oh yeah, that'd be crazy. And he totally passed out. But he was a good looking dude too. So maybe there is there's something to it. Maybe it has something to do with the guy. There's like an attractiveness <laughs> threshold if you're gonna pop two kids out at once. <laughs> You know, here's the other one. How come people say so? They got a baby. They got baby, and it's like, yeah, he's a he's a cute little baby. His name's Killian Holt, and he's eight pounds two ounces. Why do we give a fuck how heavy your baby is? How come people say that? And they, down to the ounce. Down how to else the ounce. Gonna, how else are you gonna get the record? Well, I mean, is it just something like I don't know what else to say to him? How does he look? Looks like a baby. 
No, he's 340 months old. He's, uh, he's got, <laughs> 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 what are you supposed to do? I don't, I don't get why they say the weight. I don't understand. I don't, who, who started it, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's four pounds. And they're like, wow, that's a little, be bitty, little like, baby. Damn. That's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're waiting there. No, they want, they, here, they want to illustrate the fact that that came out of another person. They want you to know what, you know, what a behemoth, you know, exited the vaginal <laughs> cavity at that very moment in time. And then of course your next question is you're going to be like, was it natural or did they cut the sucker out? You know what I mean? You want to know. Is this conversation you've actually like, had? <laughs> they, always, yeah. they always say that the baby is like 18 inches long, like it's a fucking turd or something and not, you know, like it's tall. Because no, they're long, not standing right? yet, I guess. So they're like, oh yeah, it's 19 <laughs> inches long. If the baby's like over six pounds, she gets a high five. It's natural. I mean, is it like it's natural. natural. It's natural. Like yeah. You're like, way to go. You know, uh, I mean, no, it's the visualization of the birth canal. And of course, that's all we're thinking about when you tell me how big that baby was. That's all I'm that's all I can visualize. Was he, was he cantaloupe or watermelon baby? <laughs> we gotta know. We gotta know. All right. <laughs> What else do we got here? We we got to get a little classy. <laughs> Suicide boys. Wait, wait, what? So I asked, uh, who did I tell you had on last night? He was uh, from Suicide Boys. He's uh, he was the front yeah, of the house. On. Yeah. So I asked him if they're happy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I think uh, they're generally. I think they're generally um, sober these days and not uh, you know not quite as deep in the dark hole that they were when they acquired their name and all that so general response has been you know very pleasant in my mind um on this tour so far um you guys are you know, like burning this... houses on stage or something he told me yeah man like, those, that sounds amazing those houses are a whole freaking thing man our carpenter has got his hands full on this tour so you've got one carp for and he has to build three houses yeah yeah oh. and so uh but we have the the it's these houses that you know they go up and then for the first half of the the stay the first half of the show you know they're uh the guys are like sitting and singing in front of the houses and all that and then they at one point they go in to the house and it's like they're they're gonna kill themselves because they're the suicide boys so they go into the house, the house burns down and they all collapse and there's a big laser cube, pyro, all that stuff. Awesome. And uh, then we've got these coffins side stage or uh, not side stage, but like straddling the DJ booth. So they kick open the coffins and come in and start playing their old stuff like they're back from the dead. Um, theater, theater. It's a, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's all a very like theatrical yeah. moment. Very um, Alice Cooper. Very Alice it's Cooper. It's nice. Yeah. Well, well, it's very, that's very nice. And, 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 and your, your cues are obviously like seriously part of this thing. I mean, your cues literally leading the way. I mean, right. Am I wrong? Um, well, I mean, mine, I don't really show up. Like I'm doing lasers for this time around. Right. Um, so uh, I don't really show up until the lasers or until the houses collapse. And so, like, I've got, you know, I made some, like, laser flame cues so that, like, as the houses fall, you see the lasers, like, burst out from behind them, um, you know, as if it was the fire, and then uh, everything goes down. Um, our current uh, lighting designer, programmer, um, Ian McDonald from Five Finger Death Punch um, is doing just 
an absolutely amazing job with the rig and uh you know he's done he's done a whole lot of really good work to kind of to bring it to life and like take that design you know even further than it was actually um, kind of nutty like you call your band suicide boys your whole premise is that you're going to off yourself if you don't make it then you like kill yourself on the stage and the whole fucking crowd loves it they're all excited <laughs> and you're kind of thinking well fuck i just want to live i just want to live it's like finding nemo live ocean well and they uh they also they take a minute you know at the end of each uh show like um scott or scrim in particular one of them uh you know they both they both sit there and have like a little you know heartfelt talk at the end of each show basically and you know he'll talk about yeah man i was at a point in my life where the drugs stopped working and i wanted to blow my fucking brain out and like when you hear that voice talking it's a fucking lie man he says it you know way more um eloquently than i do yeah but uh he always does this like really kind of like heartfelt message at the end and it's kind of crazy working with these guys in particular um you know more so than most of the other artists that I've worked with in the past, um, I get kids like every day coming up to me, you know, like, hey, these guys, their music, you know, kept me from killing myself or their music got me through my father's death and all this like, you know, bad, hard shit that people go through. And, you know, like the, the suicide boys who you know, for the most part, you know, me thinking about it, I, I'm like, you know, I, I like the music. It's a fun vibe. But, uh, you know, I, man, I've just, I have, I don't think I've seen so many people come up to me um, with an artist before saying that, like, their music had such an impact on these kids' lives. Hmm. That's actually <laughs> awesome. So there's a lot of mental health awareness involved in the show. Oh, yeah, big time with it. I like they're, that. Um, That's super neat. You know, because like, yeah, it's like you know, YouTube Bono, and he'll he'll talk a lot about saving the world and stuff. But it's nice maybe when there's a focus. Nah, not that he's not focused. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, well, the rainforest kind of, the rainforest is so ubiquitous. To save that, it's a different thing than to just specifically save. That was Sting. Sting was the oh, Sting was the <laughs> Bono's uh, Africa, I think. Africa. I mean, it's a big place, yeah. you know, it, like it's a more narrow focus. Suicide Boys focusing on their fans. They're, you know, they're showing some responsibility as well. They know mm -hmm. what they've created, you know, that's, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they know kind of the culture that everything, you know, all their, all their merch has like razor blades and stuff on it. And like, you know, they, they know uh, they've got a good connect with their audience. And well, I mean, the argument know, could be like, you know, I know I have, this uh i don't want to say illness i don't really know how you'd phrase it but if you have a, a want or an interest in killing yourself and it's a real one that's obviously pretty excessive so if there's something that's saying hey we get it you know and here's some stuff mm -hmm. that's like suicide related but we ain't gonna do it maybe that keeps these other guys around too i i can see that and i i, I would assume that's mm -hmm. healthy i mean it's good to talk about stuff for sure yeah and i mean a lot of what they're doing is like you know hey you know my life is hell and this is what i've been through this and you know mm -hmm. i went and i thought that when i got here this would make it all better and then i got here and it didn't make it better and now and i'm then, just and like, like dude how can i get 
less and they're like don't be afraid to reach out for help you know and there it's it's cool to have that voice at the end of the show that like i I got a lot of respect for the way that they do that and the way that they you know kind of like put that out there with like that heartfelt message um because it's like I don't know, just people that you would never really expect to come up and like have something to say about it at the end of the show, come up and say something about it. And like, I mean, normally uh, they're tapping you on the back as the engineer or as whoever in front of a console asking you to change the temperature and to turn up the bass and to. Right. (laughs) That's not that's a very unexpected thing, but that's that's I think indicative of where we are now as as a society and a culture. Mm -hmm. Now they just want to vibe with you when they see you. And I think that's that's happening more and more and more. But now they just want to vibe with you when they see you. You know what I mean? And they don't want to. It's not about like, you know, oh, can you make the treble lower or you know (laughs) what I mean? That's. Yeah, there was a uh, man I was doing uh, years ago, I was doing this like arena show. It was like uh, some Christian folk band or something like that. And they had a part of the show and it was like a guy with a guitar. Everyone else went off stage. And this one dude is like doing some kumbaya shit on his acoustic guitar. It's like literally the quietest part of the show, right? And this anthrax? Guy was it me. an anthrax show? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this dude comes up to me out of the fucking crowd and he's just like, I've toured around the world with some of the biggest productions in the world for years. And it's, it's too loud in here. Like, what do you have to say for yourself? And I'm like, uh-huh. sir, this is the lighting desk. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's a Wendy's. Sir. This is a, uh, and so all the, uh, the audio guys with the tour had heard me, um, you know, having this encounter and they, they're like watching him. So he, you know, kind of hangs his head, goes away for a little bit, comes back and says the same thing to them this time. And so they just decided to play the deaf sound guy game. So they just kind of turned back like, what? Oh, I figured they push the faders when they don't really. There you go. No, but, but, but you know that if you're sitting in front of anything with blinky lights, these people think you control the entire, you control the temperature, you control the thing, you know, you're in this position oh, yeah, of power. Um, but I think that's And you've slowly... got the playlist. <laughs> and you know what songs going they want to make requests like you're the uh, fucking dj i think that's <laughs> I, think, I, th- I think that's changing as technology is changing i think people are more in tune with the fact that we're there doing a job uh you know we're not really we're not we're the backbone of what's going on but we don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah i used to turn up my sea wrench when people would ask me to adjust the volume on the show just, I would just keep my wrench there next to my desk and I would turn, turn it up. It up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try the three millimeter setting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, back to Butcher Babies. No. No, 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 no. no. Good, good. All right. No, back, yo, yes. No, yes. <laughs> you guys do, have you guys, uh, have you guys done any like mid-show like shenanigans, any wind-up stuff yet? Do you have any robberies um, going on tour yet with any of the opening bands or any fun stuff? Well, so uh, we, we've done like, we did some show pranks um, a few times during, you know, when I was out there with them. Uh, I remember we were with uh, this band Sumo Psycho and they're all super Canadian, incredibly nice people, super friendly. And it was one of their shows towards the end and our front of house engineers switched their tracks out with the Canadian national anthem um, for the last show of the tour. So they come to do their whole like hype intro and it's just the Canadian national anthem. 
That's pretty good. So were they all looking at each other or were they laughing like Oh, they they lost their shit. They just died laughing on stage. Um <laughs> they were you know, we promptly got them back into their show and they had a great show about it, but they were having a they were really laughing about it. It was a pretty funny moment. They do anything um, back to you guys? Yeah, I don't remember what they did back to us at that point. This was a few years ago. Um, but uh, if I remember right, they definitely like came on stage and did something. But it's it's been a while now, so I can't really remember what they were up to. They made you hire um, Cosmo. But was there payback? was a lot of like there was a lot of like bus to bus pranks that happened to just like throughout the course of the tour okay, not so, so bus show. to bus warfare bus to bus warfare i mean that's a real thing it's a thing <laughs> oh, yeah. and there's always that one bus that does whatever they do on that one bus and then there's the other buses <laughs> that you know whatever we all you're allowed to it's bus to but bus to bus warfare is a real thing it's a real <laughs> it happens real, it happens and all the drivers are canadian too so i can't imagine that was any well they're not all canadian <laughs> right what about you going to get any wind up stories, Cosmo? Well, I mean, no, I mean, the, that's the thing. I mean, you're talking about like it's a full on it's warfare sometimes. You know what I mean? And you're on tour. You, you get comfortable. Uh, Warp Tour, for instance, is like the home of all of the. I mean, I saw all of them there. But, you know, you're on tour. Everybody gets comfortable with where they are and their positions. And, you know, it's just the, the nature of being a creative or the nature of being what, what it is. We got to throw them something, man. They're too. You know what I mean? Like these guys, yeah. they're, they're, it's too easy. It's too easy for them, you know what I mean? We gotta, gotta give them a curveball somehow. Uh, no effects. We used to play pranks on no effects all the time because they were the best sports. You know what I mean? You could play, you could do anything to no effects on stage. And what'd Gary, you do? Because I oh, uh, might kick no, your ass. Oh, when when Mike when Mike would come up on when uh, you know a couple few yeah oh yeah they'll kick your ass for sure. Yeah. Um, there'll be a fight in the parking lot, but then we, we would settle everything. Warp tour, you'd have a barbecue and a fight in the parking lot every night before we got on the buses. Then we'd settle it, go to the next video. <laughs> but no, we would put, we would cue trumpet. We would cue trumpet in the vocals, like the Charlie Brown fucking trumpet when Mike would get up to sing. <laughs> for, you know, just <laughs> fuck with them. And, 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 and again, you know, and you know, the, the no effects show, you know, it's alive, it's high energy. They're laughing at each other. You know, they take it in stride, but then, that was you know, Cosmos high energy. <laughs> <laughs> but they come in they come in with even you know and do stuff to antagonize the road crew i.e you know throw their seven thousand dollar guitar at somebody you know what i mean and expect yeah. it back at the end of the show um you know <laughs> stuff like that and it's antagonism both ways but it, it's it becomes warfare when people get complacent we want to keep everybody on their toes safety I've first sent, right i've been sending an audience to go get mics Go get that oh, mic. No, go get that mic. Yeah, just through through the thing. Come on. And they're like try and hide it. I'll be like, dude, we we know where it is, man. We have like sonar and, we, and on it. I could turn it on. <laughs> I know where it's at. I well, can find the sonar? signal. <laughs> but yeah, no, you I know, mean, ultimately you say, hey, uh, uh, can you you know you're in possession of is a 12-year-old in possession of a seven thousand dollar you know fender uh, telecaster and you're like hey would you like to come back on the bus and after the show is like right I'm like no one leaves his sign we stay you next want, to him you want to meet the band you want to no. meet the bands no no i'll just take the strat and go oh no <laughs> i'll just take my guitar and go home <laughs> thank you i don't even know who, the, who this band is but no though it's warfare on the stage it's funny it's funny and then it's not, but it does keep everybody on their toes. That's where, that's where I'm just is. waiting for somebody to like find a band that uses drum triggers and replace all their trigger samples with like rubber chickens or something. 
Like, I would love to see that happen. Maybe that's your moment. Maybe that's your calling in life. How could that not be funny? (laughs) I've never seen it happen, and I would love to see that happen. (laughs) And this is why they send you on the road, Killian, because (laughs) this is why... No, Joel, like, we need to tell we need to tell the whole audience, the whole listening audience. Everybody needs to understand why Redbeard is where he's at. Is because when he gets into the, the the venues where we are, obviously he's teaching the younger kids, he's teaching the you know how to do the thing, he's helping everybody along their way, he's coming up with his plans. But once he gets complacent in his zone, I mean, talk about electrocuting people, you know, for fun. No, talk about <laughs> yeah, talk about. Talk about Talk about setting the dimmers to you know no uh then they then then there becomes a time and then they say killian it's time for you to just go you have to go now you have to go and come back you know after you're done he'll go out for like a year and then come back and then yeah. he's, he's back to after they've ruined everything that he's done then he's back to fixing it again and then working back but <laughs> the complacency you know causes yeah. pranks i mean you get you get you get every day same thing we're we're, we're gonna do that we're gonna prank people we're going to come up with things to do <laughs> and then maybe we're not so super effective at what we're doing, but no, no, it's, it's extra effective. I think hazing and teasing people. I mean, that's how I grew up. I don't know. It's, it's so like socially acceptable in this day and age. We talk about it all the time, hazing and bullying and all these other things, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like the only way to teach people, you know? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, we get a lot I don't of want to go too um, far. Like some with of the our stories I've crew, heard are way too far. They're crazy. Some of them are way too far. I agree. I agree. With our current crew, we get a lot of stuff that'll be like not, you know, a super harmful prank, but it'll be something like, oh, hey, I found, you know, this cable on one of my cases. So guess what? I hit it. So now I'm spending, you know, 20 minutes looking <laughs> for my goddamn like main power socko for everything. <laughs> Pigtails. Because, song, yeah. You know, but I won't leave it on that case again. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Did um, you guys get into your careers? Were you were you looking to do what you do? Was it a mishap? What happened? Man, mine was a total series of happy accidents. Um, I was going to school for video game development and working in a studio making video games as an environment artist. So you're like um, 18 years old. Uh, it was right about 20, 21 ish okay. um, when I got started into it. And uh, there was a job fair with a corporate AV company that was out there. And um, so I needed the money and uh, the school would only let me work so much. Uh, so I started pushing cases at night doing loadouts and fast forward a couple of years, I pushed cases in front of the right guy and he started dragging me around, you know, said, why the fuck isn't this guy on more shows? Started putting me, you know, teaching me how to do lighting, how to be an electrician and a rigger. So did you feel and, like uh, you were missing out on the video game environment stuff? I mean, you had an interest, obviously. Was it a decision to, to jump? It was, it was very much a decision to, to go after that career because, um, you know, I was well, already starting that career. Because it, is it like the artistry or what, what makes you want, wouldn't? At the time, what yeah, I mean, it's definitely a large part of you know. I was big into video games growing up, and yeah. uh, you know, I was like, this is, you know, as far as mediums go, this is emerging of music, games, and art, and like all the things that I'm good at and that I like doing and that have you know interested me. Um, it seemed like the perfect home career-wise, but uh, when I got in there. 
Um, I really wasn't too much of a fan of the community of game developers. Like there were a few really, you know, really awesome people that I definitely met, like some amazing people and some incredibly talented artists. Um, but as a whole, I was finding that the community in the video game development world is very like toxically competitive, whereas music I was finding in the live environment, um, it's way more collaborative and forward progress kind of vibes. Yeah. Um, you know, I just got tired of throwing my art away, which is what was happening with video games. You know, I'd spend 120 finish? hours. Huh? Did you finish or did you bounce? Uh, I've got through three out of four years and then I bounced. Um, and I was working in a studio already, but, um, and I was working on a game, but I just, there was too many, uh, too many times where I would spend 120 hours, you know, designing a level and building it out. And then I would, you know, come up and be like, all right, check it out. Let me know about revisions. And they'd be like, well, we scrapped that level two days ago. You didn't get the email. Oof. And then I would just have to throw that work away. Um, oh, and, you know, you can't do that in live music. The show's happening with or without you. Right. Um, so I like that kind of pressure of the deadline that kind of like brings out that motivation to, to put a product on the table. So I was finding your place. Yeah. And uh, I was just way more, way more at home in the music world than I was in the video game development world. And it's a lot of the same skills, like a lot of the exact same knowledge and skills that I use from that, my time in school and my time working in those studios. And sometimes I'm even in the same programs. Are you still a gamer? Uh, I am, but not nearly. I don't, I don't really invest nearly as much time um, into gaming as I did once upon a time. Um, you know, all the time that I would normally be gaming, I'm usually in Resolume or in, you know, something else programming. Um, just because it's a... Do you think that's because you're older now or do you think it's because it turned you off a little bit while you were in school? Well... When I was in school, it definitely turned me off a lot of it. Um, I was I was definitely like when I when I first left school, um, you know, I was like I didn't want to do art or play games at all for like a good you know a good while, um, just because it felt like you know work and not in the good way. Yeah. Um, now I'll still play games. Now like I'll still play Smash or I'll still get in, you know, and play whatever and play phone games and all that. I'm still an enthusiast for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't dedicate nearly the kind of time to it that I did once upon a time. Yeah. And focus on it so much. It's just interesting because I think a lot of people now want to get into the gaming career. And I actually was just at a wedding in San Diego, and he is mm -hmm. a he's a he builds games. So uh, all the guys there, they were all game people, but uh, yeah. there was cool. It was a good crowd. It was actually really fun. So. I mean, yeah. ga gaming, it's a real translation. When I, and Killian, we were talking about this on when we talked last week, but it's like, you know, the, the, the programs that you're using now, the, the, you know, the Resolume, I'm using Vectorworks all the time. I mean, it's a video game. It's a video game for real lighting stuff. And it's like Minecraft and you got cable paths and you got all this stuff. It's uh it's yeah, just, they're really not different. Much no, different it's the all. same thing. You're building a, you know, you're building a world inside. I mean, it's almost, it is almost just like design, uh, video game design. You're building a level 
in MA, you know, 3D or in Vectorworks or whatever you're doing, it, it, it is, uh, and it gives you the same satisfaction of the, you know, you're controlling that world, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very aesthetically similar to gaming. I mean, what we're doing now, uh, because so many people don't know our world, but these softwares make it so easy to translate, hey, here's my world, boom, and you know, here's yeah. a 3D walkthrough. Uh, it's it's cool. Uh, it's the same sort of satisfaction I get out of Minecraft or anything else. Uh, of course, we all play video games. Joel, you play video games, don't you? You know, a little bit. I get really addicted, and so I won't start because once I'm in, <laughs> I'll be sitting there like pushing the button while we're talking right now because <laughs> I gotta like build my. <laughs> so I I kind of stopped because it's it's kind of unhealthy for me. <laughs> it's not it's not healthy for it's not i have a co i have a co-engineer here and i uh, from a certain hour of every day i hear him clicking and i'm thinking man he's really working hard now he's clicking he's clicking world of warcraft it's uh clicking the treasure <laughs> whatever the treasure pot every 10 seconds yeah. or something i was no. fun for a little bit you know what i liked was the i liked the engagement of it where you're talking to like people in your little click you know your little village or whatever and you chat to them, you know, hey, how did it go the other day? How'd you get your, how heavy was your kid? Did you have your kid? You know, <laughs> whatever you're talking to these guys about. And then uh, like, you know, you son of a bitch, you know, fuck you, fuck you. And they'll be like, that's a 12 year old. Oh, shit. You know, so then you're on the phone. like, Sorry, kid. You know, sorry. Don't I'm not say. actually a bad ogre. I'm really just a nice guy in real life. Don't look. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> I, know, I, I was wasting some time. But I did <laughs> fuck your mom. Call her and ask her. Call her and ask her. <laughs> and I am going to teabag you. Right here just <laughs> I'm, I'm your dad, little boy. <laughs> really your father. So what about you, Cosmo? How did you climb the ranks? I mean, it's really the same. It's the exact same story. You know, I started in film production in, in uh, uh, New York. I always wanted to work in production, 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 and working in, a, in all these different departments, realizing that, you know, um, there's two things that you need in photography. There's two things that you need anywhere. It's lights. First off, you know, without lights, there's nothing. And that became the most important department. But I started out in, you know, in filmmaking. And uh, when I moved back to town after that long, illustrious, you know, six-year career of uh, getting burned out. Um, when I turned back to town, the union here had some guys working at the local 76 in San Antonio. They said, hey, you know how to plug in stuff? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you're on, you're in. And, you know, mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm putting up fast folds uh, by myself in the, in the convention center. And that's how it really, then it translates to everything else. But, but you know, I, I am, obviously, I have that face the one that you want to punch only a mother could love. But, but oh, when I, but, but you know, when, grow when a beard, come, right? <laughs> get, some, get it, grow a chin. He said, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, and I was a big baby. I turned out to be this giant baby now. No, but, but it is the same thing, you know, pushing cases in front of the right person uh, was what led to it. And then it's, that's the reputation. Killian has the same one. When I yeah. see his face and I'm pushing cases or when I'm opening up a truck and I see his face, I go, yeah, okay. He's, I'm so thank God that somebody's <laughs> here that wants to know what's in these cases, that wants to know where they go and wants to have a whole, you know, view of it. Um, and, and, you know, we design these shows in these things, but they don't get thrown out until they're getting thrown out. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. and, and being that irreplaceable face that you want to see when you hit the town, that's really what, what drove me. I saw that there was some good response and I just kept going with it. Um, but yes, it all starts out pushing that case in front of that right person. And they see that you're there, you're in the, you're in the game, so to speak. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it just goes from there. They, they found a place for me, you know? Did you not have that same camaraderie yeah. in the film that, in film world? I mean, film industry is different because everybody's stealing and ripping each other off in front of their faces, you know? And that you, was 
That was exactly what the video games were. It's man. Same thing. It's it's it's, it's a bunch of stealing yeah. and and not and not integrity. Artistic integrity is is very hard to achieve. You know, you've got people running running separate. You know, they've got their own little games they're running on the side, and you know, it's left up to you. Here's your budget. Here's your props. Here's your you know thing. Make it happen. It's not as it is like a family filmmaking just the same you know it is like that family but it's a very temporary family whereas my road family i see them anywhere anywhere on the globe you know what i mean and it's and it's right it's right on where we left off um and your film family i mean some of them really just are pretending to get, be your friend to get their job done or they could care less you know um about yeah. about your craft whereas in in show and theater like this and stage people really care about your craft because it's so dependent. It's the very live. I can always get another take if the, if the, you know, if the, if the four by wasn't set up right by the grip, but I can't get another take live. So it's very much a more focused, you know, uh, endeavor and people are really more focused on other people's needs for their craft because it's all dependent on every trade to make that show go. And it's live. There's no, there's no going back, you know, there's no going back. I mean, it, it is true. You, you got to put it together and do the best you can and see how it all goes. And then you take a sit down and get up back in the morning and, and get it back up again. And, and yeah. so I think, I feel like that's the camaraderie, you know, doing it day in, day out, you know, perfecting what you're doing. Oh, really and you're living together on top of it. Oh, so that's yo. Easy, yeah. yeah. I noticed you got some nice digs today. It's you get the hotel room once a week, you get a shower and a. Yeah. But is oh, someone yeah. going to come and fluff those pillows? For you? <laughs> you want to make a call? <laughs> <laughs> no this has been nice man we get off day we get you know hotel rooms on off days and uh that is definitely a luxury that not every tour gives me um in fact most a lot of them don't <laughs> no that's, but, that's uh, it it's nice to have a solo room for sure um, solo did you say solo i got a solo room bro um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right wow. i um i was gonna put together this podcast and uh, my friend's five-year-old daughter she suggested a question that uh she said i need to ask every guest and so the question was when did you first feel famous so we're a five-year-old kid okay so we can broaden it if you want to it's up to you but it could be when you first felt famous it could be where you felt you were on your path but mostly what it's about is when was there a moment in your career that is worth telling that makes you smile that was a definite angle it's a it's a it's a it's a capturable moment man the first time i pushed up the blinders on a sold out show yes yes that was 100% like that'll you know that feeling is better than any drug that feeling is like why we do it yeah, I, you know, when you push up the blinders and just everyone loses their shit. No, nuts. Okay, so to explain to somebody like, who doesn't man, know, I what, did what does pushing up the blinders mean to explain to anybody not in the industry? Um, so whenever you just point all your lights out at the crowd and just, you know, you're you're issuing that that command to the crowd basically in tandem with whoever's on stage, but you're you're giving them permission to get loud basically. And, uh, you know, whenever you, you hit that for the first time and you hit that button and just everyone loses their shit. And like that feeling was just like, damn, I did that. Um, Ooh, Webster's dictionary <laughs> over here. That was no, a really excellent. good explanation, right? <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like, when you turn the shit on, it's like, fuck yeah, that's what it is. 
<laughs> I would say I would say the exact same thing for the blackout. You know, the blackout. Yeah. When, when you when you when you have enough with that band and they're trusting you that much that you decide to black out everything except for six ACLs on the deck and they're in the complete pitch black darkness and they're still rocking. And of course, then right <laughs> after that, you turn on the blinders. I mean, it's that it's oh exactly that. What and was on the act, act? Do you remember vibe, but in a low, slightly slow different context? Um, I was doing a, I was doing a show. Uh, it was, I don't remember the name of the band, but they have that song that's like Jenny says. A cowboy mouth, cowboy mouth. Yes, cowboy mouth. So I was. I doing have his those... guitar upstairs. I have the dude's guitar. Anyway, <laughs> go nice. ahead, go ahead. I do. So, so I was doing. Those Did he throw guys, it off the stage at you? He's, uh, you know, they're they're finishing off. Last song is that song, and he's all, you know, Jenny says, turn off the lights. And it was a blackout. And so I black out and my console crashed. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) they're still going and he's like, you know, hey, turn on the lights. (laughs) He sees me back there just panicking, just like, absolutely. I'm at the point where I'm just holding up my dead console so he can see it from the back of the room. (laughs) And there's no lights on the desk. Desk is just completely fucking dead shot um and i by the end of the song i had got it up and running again and got the lights back on but it was just a really funny moment that like literally the most the only like part that mattered in the show you know the rest of the show was so easy so simple um and then like this one key blackout is the one time my console chooses to fucking crash and just be a useless piece of plastic (laughs) What do you got, Cosmo? It's a, no, I mean, how you know, I I am, uh, I, I say when I felt when when is ah, famous. I mean, what and what is that? But when I felt recognized was the for and this is going to sound so lame. You guys are going to laugh, but I I don't care. Um, Trans Siberian Orchestra. You know, they've got two tours. They've got the this. They got the other thing. As a very 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 young uh, stagehand, you know, you get a. I was working at the local. You know, we're just locals and not really like super skilled obviously nobody's really skilled i did the lasers for the first time which is the one of the best one of the best coolest things setting up the lasers going and positioning mirrors and doing all stuff like that and just getting it done within the three they had three hours or something like that just getting that done within that three hours it was a super easy task for me but again just takes a little bit of commitment anyway a year later two two years later same tour comes back again it's the guy says trey and seth or trey is the guy that the lead guy there and, you know, just seeing you on the, seeing me on the dock, I'm over there and I like to push a case because I don't want to know what's on the truck. I want to know what's there. And the, uh, sidebar, fuck Alan Jackson, 27 trailers. Okay, that's my catchphrase <laughs> for the month. But, but I'm, okay, but fuck Alan Jackson, seven, 27 trailers. I'll say that. That's my catchphrase. I, I was going to get that out. But no, like seeing what's on the truck and then Trey pulls up and says, hey, 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 yeah, you, you, you Cosmo, you did the, yeah, all right, you're with me. Let's go. And, you know, yeah, we're going to have a good show. This is going to go easy. It's going to take three hours. That's when I first felt like famous. I mean, and that's happens time after time. Again, they recognize you. They say, hey, you're the guy we want to see. And then, of course, they start inviting you out with them. But that was the first time the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. The guy was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a good day. You off the truck. Come over here. And I was like, oh, I get to just sit by the work box and oh, secret <laughs> compartment in the work box. Oh, what's in the secret compartment in the Oh, 
Oh. You're giving us the keys to the city, man. Me and Kelly yeah, never well, been invited no. to shit. I guess that's no. not at your level. Legendary snack drawer. Yeah, it's a yeah. snack drawer. Four drawers down behind. The- never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> they, they build them that way. I don't know what's supposed to go in there, but I know what's in there. Um, and it goes all <laughs> over the world in that little drawer, the snack box. But no, that was it. I mean, it's and that's and that's fulfilled that that sort of uh, idea that i that i am known is that every time you see somebody whether it's Rammstein who keeps the same uh you know keeps that same touring man you know talk about a nuts production i did a show with them one time and there were 18 trucks um but no the fat suits uh, are like one whole truck is just the fat suits you're like wow (laughs) and their whole their whole motto all fucking day man anytime someone's like dude this is nuts Dossie's Thromstein. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, too much. Them, it's too much. With them, I've talked to, you know, a bunch of fire marshals for, you know, carrying pyro just around the country. And they've pretty much all said the same thing that if you come to a city after Rammstein, your fire marshal's going to be a dick. Um, <laughs> and it's because they've all had bad days with Rammstein. Because anything that Rammstein says that they're going to do pyro-wise, they're going to triple it during the show. <laughs> Those no, boys the, like no, to their the point fire. where, where there's, a, there's, a sh- there's the fire marshal rig, and then, and then there's a lot of work that takes place after that. <laughs> yeah. But that fire marshal yeah, rig is super visible. Yeah, they're just like, you know, oh, we don't have that much more pyro. Anyways, <laughs> we need to hang this 600-foot guy line to, the spark, to the, the spot tower so that we can mount some pyro to it. Let's pull out the flamethrower backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the guys will be wearing flamethrower masks, by the way. <laughs> and Tillman will go blow himself up. Um, that's, but and that's the fame that's the fame we're all looking for people that know we can handle this they, when they yeah. see us they know okay he knows the score <laughs> it's a very nonchalant sort of a nod and uh and it and it man, that makes me feel even better but it also drives me even further to do that job that day because they give you that nod they yeah. say conk you know the real deal you know and we do this <laughs> other thing uh, that that you know that's i mean that's that's all you need to do your job is that that reinforcement and that makes me feel famous every day, every single day. There you go. Also, my name's Cosmo. It's really hard to forget Red Beard the same way. No one's gonna. <laughs> yeah. No one's yeah. really gonna forget us, you know. So how many uh, how many bras did you sneak into your solo room there, Red Beard? <laughs> that's gonna be an art installation. That's gonna fill a whole Cadillac. After oh man, I can't wait. I've got pictures of it as it's gone through the tour, and I can't wait to see what it looks like at the end because our rigger's been like putting up this whole string of them so now it's like a whole curtain and you have to like wade through the bras to plug anything into dimmer beach um so (laughs) during load in they all have to go to the side so that we can actually get in and work because otherwise you're just working in a forest of bras yes Um, (laughs) but they chalked it up it's got googly eyes now so it says the booby (laughs) trap up top and then uh got googly eyes for o's and then uh we're at we're at about 50 now i think God. um and we're 21 shows in i'm gonna be fair in. i don't think i've ever seen 50 bros i've never even done it <laughs> I don't even know. I i'm don't saying know. man by the end of this tour there's gonna be like three grand worth of bras on that <laughs> pandemic sled <laughs> you're out with the suicide boys right now then yeah 
Are you just doing, yeah. are you just running the lights for them or for any of the other bands? I'm doing lasers for them. You're doing lasers for them. And then, so who's their opener? Uh, so they've got a bunch of rappers as their support acts. Um, so they've got, uh, Ooh, no, I'm blanking on, uh, Cheddar is the first one. Then it's germ then Shakewell, then Ramirez, then Knight Lavelle, and then it's a punk rock band, Turn, Turnstile, as the direct support. And then it's Suicide Boys. So <laughs> you guys have an LD and you have you doing the lasers. Yep. So we've got an LD, me doing lasers, and then front of house, and then our lighting systems tech runs lights for the openers. Um, and then we have a video tech, a carpenter, a rigger, and um, that lighting tech. So you have two crew buses? And a pyro guy. You have two or three crew buses? Uh, so we have one crew bus, two artist bus, and a support bus. Damn, dude. So we got four buses total on the tour and two semis. Wow. So the band is, well, there's only two guys in the band. Yep. Yeah, so each one has their own bus. Which one's the bad bus, though? Which one's the one I want to go on? No, never mind. <laughs> Where's this guy? I mean, you know, there's two buses. There's the there's the good kids bus and the bad kids bus. There's yeah, the, <laughs> the crew bus is the quiet bus. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's okay. the one you can sleep on. Good, but and the support bus has bunks available, but no one really wants to. No one's getting any sleep. It's okay. I think. Well, I mean, the support bus is pretty full between. Um, between all of the uh all of the supporting rappers and then their photographers and security um and then an entourage we have three merch guys and a box truck for merch um and these guys are selling so much merch it's insane you told me about this though you told me yeah dude the line is the line is all the way through the building every day wow um like they they can't they can't keep it on the truck it's awesome (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's and way better than it's way better than the alternative of them not being able to move it off the shelves. Um, because I've been on tours where that's the case too. And I'll tell you what, man, there ain't no personal hotel rooms on a tour like that. No, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. No, you understand that that affects the bottom line for everybody. I mean, that the, the guarantees, oh, yeah, but man. that merch is the way to make everybody it. eats good when merch is making money. Used to not be the case. Used to not be the case. It, you know, all the money came from elsewhere, but now that's where you get your money. That's, that's where you the get dynamic it. today. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, in summation, I think killing in. You need what? To, uh, <laughs> you need to. You need to uh, make a video game of the butcher babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> level three. Level three. Yeah. Get yeah. The- you can do your own floors. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to cancel shit on you. No, it's a forest. Make a. <laughs> yeah. No. It's a, the the forest of bras. But okay. But wait. But wait, Joel. Before we close what? it out, though. No, you, you can clo- go on. It's okay. No, no we're just. No, uh, Killian and I. We we came up. There's like some. All right. So well, now fucking, we're done. Okay. Goodbye. So many fucking rules. So many fucking rules. Um. But like, number one, don't break the seal. Right. Everybody's heard that. Don't break the seal. Right. All right. Why? Because yeah. you got to piss now. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Just don't break the seal because it's real stinky under there. But um, but there's so many rules that you have to abide by on tour. Don't look directly at the bra forest, right? You can't look at it in a weird <laughs> way. 
Just avert your eyes and park. Don't, don't be the stagehand that's sniffing the bronze. <laughs> Dimmer be. Have you got, have you got a stagehand in there? That has <laughs> happened. Yeah, that has happened once. You sniff sweat, like just curious. Yeah, man, and it's like, dude, those smell like titty sweat. Like, no, they smell like, no, like fucking funk of being in road like cases. Old titty sweat and roadie stagehands rolled together, um, all smashed rolled up. all together in our fucking Dimmer Beach. And was like, that how yeah, Cosmo got on the gig? <laughs> and don't shit on the bus <laughs> don't shit on the bus don't you break the shit. seal you can shit on a prevo what what, 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 what? <laughs> only if you want to catch that feed and a but and a driver that hates you oh oh yeah it never gets <laughs> well, old but it's none of no <laughs> nobody is doing as good though as bob dylan and we all know this if you've ever worked at bob dylan that his entire bus is filled with spring water so he's shitting in spring water i think you can shit on that bus you can shit <laughs> oh. in this i think that's something about spring water makes the bus makes the shit i don't know no <laughs> but, shit, but no but really but really how many years takes have we the been shit riding? to a springer place it's sweeter it's much sweeter no it's no but how many years have we been on these things these things you're not allowed to shit on them shouldn't it just be an excavation button that just like i get it that's littering but uh, i think dave matthews will tell you why not <laughs> <laughs> what's the dave matthews story no, it's... Oh, they uh, they got sued for a whole bunch of money because they dumped the tank bridge, as right? they were driving over a bridge, bridge and it landed on a tour or a, like a tour boat. Yeah. And so there's like a couple hundred people that got sprayed with uh, Dave Matthews shit water. That button exists. The dump the that shit button, button exists. Yes, it's there. Just dump the shit. Just not on the not on the meth in the Mississippi. Not over the Mississippi. <laughs> Actually, fun story about that button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was with the Butcher Babies, actually, um, there was a my new favorite. Band. <laughs> <laughs> there was a show this one time, and it was I'm not going to name the venue, but uh, later on in the evening, um, the show ended, and all the security guards decided to go smoke a cigarette together out back while there's still people in the venue. Um, clearing out so there was no direction to get people out of the building and some dude was allowed to just walk into the building just completely blind face drunk um, goes into the building made his way into our green rooms and peed all over the bass player's guitar cases oh wow. um, and I'm I you know we we found him I come into the dressing room and I'm like you know dude's got his pants at his ankles he thinks he's in the bathroom and just like completely clueless so uh, just some punter guy who just cruised back there just some fucking i think he was like a cook from the restaurant next door or something or down the street and was just just absolutely blasted and was just allowed to wander into the venue and make himself at home because oh, all the security guards were gone um luckily the girls weren't in there like changing or anything like that um but, but you know the guy yeah the but the guy got pistol over his fucking bases man i'd be oh my mm. god and his bases were nice man like he had he had a really nice collection of very personal very customized bases um ah. and uh yeah they all got peed on i'd hate to be the tech um, that day man you got and then we got rained on we had to do the whole loadout in the rain um and that was just for many other reasons a bit of a nightmare gig so on the way out we dumped the piss tank right in front of the venue 
and uh, made our way on. <laughs> there you go. Well, Celeste wants her lighter right back. There. She doesn't. She doesn't trust me. She wants her lighter back. Nope. That's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, the girls came out and were like, "Yeah, dump the piss tank here." And that you know we were moving on, and they were just joking. But bus driver was like, "Oh no, I already did it." <laughs> <laughs> Give that Done. guy promotion. Don't roll him now. I know. We're, I know. We're getting, now. I know. We're getting on time. We're getting on time. But no, I wanted to talk about one thing before we before you kick us off your show. Okay, we love what your, you got? We, we love your show. Thank but you. and it's one thing I and we love your show. I think it's amazing. I, at first, I thought it was yeah. ex, exploitative, and then I realized that no, it's just this natural thing that nobody really talks about in a natural way. And you're you're really breaching the gap for a lot of people that don't understand us. Thanks. I think I appreciate that. No, okay. So the the the, the here's the thing. I'm going to breach the subject because I work corporate now, so uh, I'm all balls in here. Okay, uh, balls deep. No, it's the it's the smoking the weed on the stage deck, right? So you got rappers on your tour, uh, Killian. Uh, we've all had the thing, right, right, right. The smoking, oh, yeah. the, the smoking the weed on in the venue has become like the status quo now, right? You know, you got backwoods on the hospitality order. They're coming in raiding the backwoods before anything else, before anybody drinks a sip of orange juice. The backwoods are gone. You know, you've got you've got these people smoking weed, which is it's it's interesting. But you you see that these these you know these this I mean from tour managers to whoever they're sitting and like on the stage hitting it right before the kabuki drops you know doing all these things smoking weed on the deck has become like uh, the status quo people are just doing it the performers are doing it of course the, the stage crew's doing it but that's something that I of course never going to get used to right I mean that's something that takes place like in a closet in the in the balcony of my apartment complex with the no uh, <laughs> but but you know. Um, but no, so 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 the smoke in the weed backstage, Killian, does it bother you? Does it get to you when you're trying? I mean, you got mirrors and lasers. You got, I mean, we're talking about. I'm usually people. the guy. Hides <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> it in the beard, just reaches. So, I mean, I go, you know, I'm usually the guy that's like out there sneaking out to my, uh, you know, sneaking out to the bus or something to go smoke before the show because, um, personally, you know, once I'm done pushing cases, when I'm ready to push buttons, I like to smoke. Um, I want to be in touch with the audience. I want to feel their power. I want to feel. I want to. Yeah, and I mean, like, it helps with anxiety, and like, it's got some. It's definitely got some medicinal needs. Like, I'm a pretty heavy smoker um, in general because it it really helps with my anxiety and my insomnia a lot. Um, and it, you know, I I tend to hyper focus um, on my programming um and so uh but that's a medicinal thing it's not a social thing on stage you know what i mean it's not right. a it's not a pass pass fucking you know party it's a but right. i see tour managers just sitting there waiting for their last cue hitting their shit and i'm like this is this is what <laughs> we always dreamed of this is how we should be working you know this is yeah. where i never uh, would when i was working that there's no no drugs, no alcohol. No drugs, no alcohol, no. Usually, I mean, it kind of depends on the production. I mean, coffee, coffee works really good. Anything's coffee <laughs> in a coffee cup. Anything's coffee. No, but yeah. safety first, and yeah. that's the whole thing. Like, we talk about safety. We talk about all these things. But now the status quo has been, you know, these people come into the venue. They're, I say these people. Tours mm -hmm. come into the venue. They come wherever. They, they'll smoke it wherever they want to smoke it. And now that's the natural thing. And, and I think it, it makes things a lot easier. It's like, it just <laughs> makes everything go smoother when the tour manager is sitting there holding a blunt, you know that you're not going to get yelled at for a bad monitor mix. You know that that, <laughs> no, it's not, no, but it, it signifies, it signifies that everything's cool. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a different way of making it a little bit better, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but it is. It's something you're gonna, you're gonna to get all fucked up. The guy will be like, you know, turn the music up, and you'll be like, I'm at the lighting. Oh fuck! I'm at the sound <laughs> desk. <laughs> you're right. right. <laughs> but it used to be such a taboo thing during a safety meeting only. Now that I see it, like you know, prevalent, it's used as medicine. It makes everything go much smoother. And and safety I see it. Meaning at, meaning like weed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna be safety third. Okay, safety second. But we're gonna be safety <laughs> safety first. Primero, pero rolling the joint is like you know this step into like hey. You know, we're communing with uh, with uh, nature and with each other. We're making the show happen. And it's something that's now natural and easy. That's how I learned how to make uh, movies or anything else was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, in the, you know, Santana song over the radio. And that means, go, <laughs> you know, just go meet somewhere and everybody's going to have their meeting. Is that really but, what Santana said? Oh, yeah. Like these San, days? Santana. Yeah. <laughs> if you, just any Santana lick on the walkie, you know. That means go to the, you know, we're going to go have a Santana time. But no, but it's become this, it's become now, a, you know, a status quo. And that's like not abnormal because it's legal everywhere now. But, but it, it is really, it motivates us. It keeps us, it keeps us right. And when we see it on tour, it's fun. I think the stigma when you go to a rock show of smelling that it's not in the air anymore. No one's, no one's stigmatized over this, but I think I people think should people realize, yeah. no, they shouldn't care. But I think it's, I think people should realize that that's what makes that show happen for all these people that are in this live situation where we don't have a chance to mess up. we need to be hyper-focused. You know what I mean? Uh, we need to commune with the audience. Even psilocybin helps me reach the lighting controls through the audience and the band you know what i mean all of these things can really help well, no, especially if i'm doing visuals like if i'm yes. gonna be you know Thank sitting you. at a desk if i'm gonna be sitting at a desk doing like an edm festival doing yes. visuals for 12 the next hours episode is gonna be like so i mean L- lsd is integral into what i fucking do <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'm just telling you right now not you gonna know, lie that's not gonna um, lie that it's was the- kind of like the limitless pill that i programmed my whole visual file on yes um, you know, in early covid i would sit there and take some LSD and then I would program for 16, 18 hours straight. Yes. Um, yes. And, yes. No. And know, a micro, I could, and a I could micro, do that. <laughs> a micro dose before I hit the, before a micro dose before I hit the faders. And I'm not afraid to tell anybody. Now it's a very different situation if I'm pushing cases and I'm doing yes, shit yes. that requires like yes. an actual safety presence of mind. That's a very different mindset for me to be in. So I'm not going to be like, you know, getting sideways and then coming in and trying to build the set. I or load, or load the truck. No ramps. Yeah, like no I'll ramps. wait till after the truck's empty and the set is built and then I'll, you know, I'll smoke and then I'll do my show. And by the time the show's over, I'm sober again because I smoked, you know, one joint earlier in the day. Um, you know, and it's not like I'm, you know, beside myself or anything like that. Um, I do think it's integral. I think it's integral to what yeah. we do. And I think people should know that like, yeah, we have to have these, you know, we have to have these things to communicate with the audience properly. These, the audience is out of their damn gourd anyway. You know what I mean? How can <laughs> yeah. I reach them and the band at the same time and then have that because that's what you do. That's what we do. We are the breach between the talent and the audience together. We are that bridge. There's no and other way to reach out to them. And it's, it's a fine like line. Kids, it's a fine line to walk for sure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a fine line. I'm not. It's, I'm not going to do Sesame Street on ice like three kids in the wind here. But yeah, I'm not going to show. I'm not going to show up to my corporate gig pushing up a Lico fader, you know, <laughs> with my my freaking pupils looking like the darkness of night. Um, <laughs> Being the beast on ice will be like he's just so beautiful. 
He's so gorgeous. They think he's a monster. They're like, you do this every night, bro. You've seen the beast every fucking night. I'm, but I'm glad that we addressed it because it's a, it's an important thing. And I don't think people really realize that, you know, I mean, that's that's not it's not necessarily it's not a necessity, but it is some of the tools that we use to reach out to the audience and we reach out to the band. It's a it's a thing that should be normalized in our in our culture. It is normalized in our culture. It just needs to be normalized outside, I think. In a slightly different note, I just realized that all of the light fixtures in my hotel room don't have light bulbs in them. So now that it's gotten dark, I found that out. Uh, <laughs> I, I sense a wind up. I don't know. Maybe somebody came in your room before. No. <laughs> Stole all the damn light bulbs. Stole all the lights. <laughs> all right. I got to split because I got this other one coming up and this thing has to, what do you call it? Uh, I guess digitize or whatever, because if it doesn't do it, then uh, oh, that's cool. You know what they oh, tell me? Oh, you know what they say, right? They're like, hey, Cosmo, we all know you can't count that high. <laughs> that's, all right. that's all right that's all right that's right but this is the original greeting and this will always be the greeting this is it this is hello this is goodbye this is all of it and everybody knows i can't count that high but i'm gonna keep trying and i know you are too fucking love you. Salute. Group effort. fucking love you red beard <laughs> thank you guys, we'll talk guys. joel be Thanks well for having me. Hey, thanks for watching Party Like a Rockstar. If you're not already subscribed to the Facebook or YouTube channels, do it. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The handle is Party of Stars. Thanks for watching. You'll see you next time.